Thank you, music team. Thank you, Mike, for reading the Bible. Good morning, everyone. Welcome to JICF and Gongsi Fat Chai for those who are celebrating yesterday and maybe still today. Uh, especially those who have received lots of Ang Pao's yesterday and today. And for those who have given out lots of Ang Pao's as well. Yeah, God bless you. Uh, let us uh, pray before we listen to the word of God. Dear Father in heaven, thank you so much for giving us your word. We truly believe, as the Bible says, that the word of God is living and active. It is powerful, sharper than any double-edged sword. It is like a knife in the hands of a surgeon to uh, divide even our joints and marrows. It is able, uh, Lord, to discern the thoughts and attitudes of our hearts. We believe, Lord, your word is wisdom. It's able to help us to walk through our lives. We believe, Lord, if you could create the heaven and earth out of nothing by just speaking your word, the same word is able to change and transform our lives, enlighten our minds, Lord, to know you more, to trust you, and to serve you. In the name of Jesus, we pray and we give thanks. Amen. We are still uh, are on the series of the book of Matthew, and today we are uh, talking about uh, worries. How to overcome worry in our lives. A while ago, I received an email from a friend who live in, uh, in a very wealthy country. In fact, it's one of the wealthiest in the world. And he asked me, knowing that we are working and serving among people who have to fight to survive just every day. Uh, and he asked whether some of those people are committing suicide and asked why. And he said, because here in our place, we are, uh, we are very uh, affluent, wealthy, but every year, thousands of people are committing suicide. And many of the people are going to bed every night by taking pills, helping them to get to sleep, because they cannot sleep without that. They have everything they need, their food, drinks, house, shelters, but lots of other things worry them so that they cannot sleep. Now, we are going to talk about the, some of the things here that for many of us, this is not our problems. We have enough and abundant in our lives, but we can worry about other things as well in our lives. While there are many people, even to survive every day, they have to fight. I know people who have lots of food and supplies. I met someone who out of worries that one day they will run out of food, they build like big storage in the basement of their house and they store food for two or three years of supplies in case anything happened. And while I know people who every day they have to think of what will be the next meal come from. So, and Jesus is teaching uh, from the mount to the people at the time because he knows uh, 
that people are struggling with worries and anxiety and lives. And he knows that one day we are his followers uh, are going to have also anxiety and worries. So this teaching will be very helpful for us. I will cover a uh, few things about how to overcome worry. Uh, we'll talk about worry. We'll talk about reasons not to worry in life as Jesus uh, teaches us. And the last thing is, uh, the, I call this antidote of worry uh, in our lives. When we read the text, we uh, find out that Jesus teaches and commands his disciples, many of them who were there, are very poor. Uh, in Judea, in Jerusalem, at the time, in Galilee, they were under occupations of Roman Empire. They worked very hard, and they had to pay uh, lots of uh, taxes. Uh, and life was very difficult. They came to Jesus, and Jesus uh, teaches this to them, to remind them about not to be worried in life. So first, Jesus says, do not worry about your life. Uh, because life is our greatest concern in our lives. All that man has will give to his or her life. And this is, uh, talks about don't worry about the sustainability of life. We eat, we drink, we need clothes, we need shelters just to be able to sustain, to survive in our lives. Why do we need to eat? Because we want to live. Why do we want to live? Because we want to live longer. But are we sure that we are able to control our lives to lengthen our lives? It is all under the control of Almighty God. So he says, do not worry about things that sustain your life. God is in control of those things. Now, many of us don't have problems with that, but just to realize that uh, things that we take for granted in life are given and provided by God. And he also says that do not worry about not only the sustainability of life, but also the convenience of life. Many people might not have problems with what sustains them every day, but they are worried about the comforts of their lives, the convenience of their lives. They are anxious that some bad things and things that they don't like might take place in their lives. They are worried and anxious. They might lose their lost loved ones. What about my, something happened to my husband? What about something happened to my wife? Something happened to my children? They, they worry about that all day long. Uh, every day, they, they, they worry that sadness will come in their lives. And next one, do not worry about tomorrow. Do not be anxious about the future. 
And as a matter of fact, worry has a lot to do with the future, a lot to do with things that do not happen yet in our lives. And he reminds us that we have no control about our future. Even we don't have control about our lives one hour from now. We might have plans to do tomorrow and next week, but knowing that we do not have control about those things. Only God knows and controls. So he says, why worry about those things if actually you have no control about that? The book of James strongly reminds us not to boast about tomorrow. Because that's why you have to say, God's willing, God's willing, and I will go to this place and that place and do this and do that. So what is, what is worry? Now, uh, before we cover that, the worry that is being talked by Jesus here, actually there are one or two, quote-unquote, good worries in life. This is in the Bible. Uh, this, is, uh, this is what Paul says. Besides everything else, I face daily pressure of my concern for all the churches. The word concern does, has the same uh, Greek uh, root word with worry. So this, this is a concern, but it's a good one for the churches, for the works of God, for things that glorify uh, God. And uh, about Timothy, I have no one else like him who will show genuine concern for your welfare. That sounds uh, also about concern, but it's a good thing. So what is worry that is Jesus is teaching um, about in this passage? It is a disquieting, tormenting thought that disturbs our joy in God that makes us cannot sleep every night, that, uh, that hinders our enjoyment of life, that makes us cannot enjoy our fellowship with our friends, even make us cannot fully enjoy the gift that God has given to us. The, actually, the great word for worry is, literally means to torn into pieces, to go into pieces because it's being pulled from many different directions. You can imagine that one object being pulled from many directions. It's, it's just go to pieces, it is, it is broken. And many people live out their lives like these things, it's broken, being distracted, uh, uh, tormented by lots of things that make them cannot enjoy their lives. Even Webster defines the word worry, anxiety as mental, mental disorder or agitation resulting from concern, usually for something impending or anticipated. Do you have certain things like that in your lives that makes you cannot sleep at night? Not for the kingdom of God, for the, set, for the things that are uh, temporal and mortal. Secondly, Worry is 
here is about a distrustful, unbelieving thought. God has promised to provide for us, for those who are his, things that they need in their lives. And God promised to provide godliness. Things we need in life, food, drinks, clothes, God promised to provide. He does not promise that we will always be feasted, but he does promise that we will always be fed. But we are often overly preoccupied by things that concern us to the point that we, these things replace God in our lives, to the point that we somehow think that even God cannot help me in these situations. I have to figure that out myself. And this is a problem of excessive concern for the future, based on actually baseless fear of lacking the provisions that comes from the promises of God. We lack faith in the wisdom and the goodness of God upon our lives. We lack faith in the divine providence of God in our lives. Now, this is the heart of the problems of worry and anxiety. Even the Bible says that God gives sleep to those whom he loves. In Psalm 127, verse 2 says, In vain you rise early and stay up late, toiling for food to eat. For he, the Lord, grants sleep to those he loves. Every day we face lots of challenges and problems and needs, but every night when I go to sleep, I really want to sleep. I really want to enjoy my sleep, and I just... Commit them all into the hands of God, and tomorrow we'll face another challenge. But, and I read this and I, I ask the Lord, please grant me good sleep every night. Psalm 46, verse 10 says, as we, we had this song as well, be still and know that I'm God. Be still and know that I'm God. Oftentimes, we, we all inclined to take things into our hands. We want to control things. And it is a scary thing for many people to throw their lives into the hands of God. That's scary because we want, to, we want to control things and we worry about the things. It is good to be reminded what the Lord says, be still and know that I'm God. So why do people worry in life? Some people have plenty, but still have problems with anxiety and worry in life. There are few, few reasons. One, it is because Mammon has been the master of their lives. <clears throat> if we go to verse 25 of our text, it says, therefore, Jesus started saying, therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life. The word therefore means it is this, what is he's going to talk about is connected with the pre previous passage. And in the previous passage, verse 24, 23, it 
talks about whether we have to make mammon our master or to make God our master. Whether to serve God or to serve mammon, possessions, money. Which one is going to be number one in your life? Based on your choice, then that will determine of also how you worry in your life or do not worry in your life. If you make money number one in your life, then you will have problems with these things. But if you make God number one in your life, then you won't have this problem in your life. We all know that money, Mammon is a very good servant, but a very bad master. Uh, if we continue to make possessions and money as a servant for our life, for the works of God, for the extension of his kingdom, it is good. But once it becomes master in our lives, then we are dragged on to chase on the things we never will be content with. So, for those who have made mammon the Lord, they will have problems with worry in their lives. Secondly, in verse 30, it says it is because of the lack of faith. You of little faith. And little faith here does not speak like Jesus says somewhere that if you have little faith, you can move the mountains. It is not what he meant here. It is little faith here. It is deficiency of faith. Lack of faith. Uh, <clears throat> worry is the opposite of trusting in God. The more we have faith in God and in, in his provisions, the less we will worry and be anxious about the temporal and mortal things here on earth. We'll talk more about faith and trust uh, later on. Reason number three is because people worry because they live according to the lifestyles of the pagans. Pagans here are people who do not know the Lord. In first 32, it says, for the pagans run after all these things. Why? Because they do not know better things than this. Because the pagans didn't know about the eternal value of the things they are chasing in life. They do not know God who provides for them. So they Focus is only those things because the pagans believe that only their material positions, the things on earth, will bring content and joy, true joy in life. And they soon will find out that they are not. These things occupy their life day in and day out. And the more they chase these things, the more they discover that these things will not bring the true contentment. They will discover this like we drink salty water when we are thirsty. Are you going to be satisfied? The more you drink, the more you are going to be thirsty. Christians who chase after these things more than chasing God actually live like this.
what is the effect of war? There are some effects, negative effects of worry in our lives. I use the word D as the first letter to help us to remember better. First, dishonor God. We dishonor God by not trusting in him. God wants us as his children to trust in him for our daily provisions, for our lives. So if we don't trust him in our lives, actually we dishonor him. Just like you fathers who have enough uh, supplies, enough for your children, and your children go somewhere and cheat and steal, and they do not come to you, ask for what they need, you feel that you are not being honored by them. You know that you have enough to provide for them, but they don't come to you, they don't trust you, they just, they just uh, find their own ways to have their own supplies. We dishonor God by not trusting in him. Secondly, we also be dishonest to others because of worry. One of the underlying reasons why people cheat in works for money, people cheat in businesses, because they don't believe that God actually could provide for them through their works, their jobs, their businesses the right way. They're not sure about that. They don't believe it. So they cut corners. They make their own ways. They cheat others so they can have what they want. When we worry about things, we can be dishonest to others as well. And be discontent with life. People who are occupied with uh, those things will have discontent with life. Never satisfied with those things. A few years ago, I read a, a story of a young girl, the only daughter of very wealthy family. And uh, whatever she asked would be given to her. But one day, she went into her bathroom, uh, threw fuel upon her body, and set herself on fire. And left a note to parents and others that actually she dusted it because she's not satisfied with her life anymore. Things are boring. Uh, so uh, when we are occupied or preoccupied with baseless concerns, we cannot enjoy our life now. God wants us to enjoy our life every day and now. Not tomorrow, not next week, not next year, but today. Uh, because uh, basically, tomorrow does not exist. Only today exists. If you go to restaurants and they put uh, signs there, Today you pay, tomorrow will be free. I say, why? Very good. Today we eat, we come back tomorrow, it will be free. You come back to that same restaurant you eat and they ask you to pay. Say, how come you ask me to pay? Yesterday I came here and you say, today free, today you pay, tomorrow free. They will say, yes, today you pay, today. 
Now you pay. Okay? Because, and tomorrow will become today. So, God wants us to enjoy our lives today. Now. But if we are occupied with the things of the tomorrow, the things that haven't happened yet in lives, we'll never be content with that. Now we watch news and read news on social medias. We all know that bad news is good news for the media industry. And we are all worried about lots of things. And we lose the joy of life today. He wants us to wake up every morning and say thank you for his blessings, for his provisions, for his faithfulness, and enjoy it. Disease can be caused by worry. I said before, Webster defines anxiety as mental disorders. Bible says, uh, what's that? A cheerful heart is good medicine, a crushed spirit dries up the bones. Lots of physical weak, uh, sickness actually springs from mental problems, worries, anxiety, stress that can cause lots of sickness in life, mentally or physically. Certain chemical things in our brain will malfunctions if our lives, our brains are occupied with anxiety all the time. But before we talk about why not to worry, it is good to know what is not meant by do not worry. Because many people can misunderstand this and they can have some serious consequences uh, in life. Worry, do not worry does not mean uh, being idle, idleness. Uh, some people will say, okay, the Bible, Jesus says he feeds the birds, uh, they never sow, they never planted, they never harvest, so I don't have to work. I just sit at home and then somehow God will provide for me. It's no. Uh, 1 Thessalonians 3 verse 10 says, those who are unwilling to work shall not eat. It is, uh, work is a gift from God for us. We have to work. Through works, we can achieve lots of things in life. And work was given by, to Adam and Eve before they fell into sin. Work was given in Genesis chapter 2. And they fell into sin in Genesis chapter 2. Many people think work is curse. Hey, I have to work. Oh, this is Monday morning. And then Friday, we say, thanks God, it's Friday. Uh, but uh, work was given to Adam as a gift, as a first task to cultivate the land. The intensity of work becomes more after the, they fell into sin. They have to toil with sweat, but it is a gift from God. So Jesus does not mean we don't have to work. Don't worry also does not mean we are, we have, we, we are careless in our lives. God will take care of me. I just, just do whatever I want in life. I just uh, eat whatever I like, and I don't have to care with my health and everything. It doesn't mean that. Uh, we are given wisdom to live our lives. Don't be like fools as we read the book of Proverbs. So uh, do not worry does not mean being careless 
in life. Do not worry does not mean being irresponsible with life. We have to be responsible with what God has given to us. Be responsible with the gifts, with the talents, with the uh, resources, with the opportunities. God gives to us to work, to do our best. It is not being responsible in life. It's not being wasteful in life. People will think, yeah, God will take care of me tomorrow, tomorrow, uh, today, just worry for today. So I earn 10 million a day. I just spend it all. And then we'll think uh, tomorrow. I spend everything I have today. No, we are taught to uh, be responsible, to be wise in uh, whatever God has given to us. Do not worry about tomorrow. Does not mean we don't have to make plans. Jesus even teaches us the importance of making plans. He says, when you go to war, you have to sit down and count whether you can win the war or not. If you cannot win, you, you better make a truce, reconcile. Uh, or if you build a tower, you have to sit down and estimate the budget. If you cannot finish it, you don't it. So making plans is encouraging the Bible, but making plans as if we are in control of everything is something that is not uh, uh, encouraged by the Bible. The good example is about a farmer. We can learn from farmer. I just this week I was in West Timor, one of the islands there. And most of the people there are farmers and they rely on the garden to supply for them. But the rainfall is very little and very rarely. Sometimes it falls only one day or two days. All the farmers rush to plant the seeds, and then the next one week, no rain at all, only. But can you imagine that? Uh, as a farmer, he has to tilt the land, cultivate the land, provide the best seed, and to plant in the best way he can. And then he goes home, and then worry about whether tonight there will be rain or not, or the seed will grow or not. Rain and seed growing is something that out or outside the control of the farmer. As to the best he can, but certain things in life are not under our control. We have to leave it to God. They have to leave rain to God. They have to leave uh, who will grow the seeds to God. That way, they don't have to be worried and anxious in life. Jesus also teaches us reasons why not to worry and anxious in life. Number one, because life is more important than livelihood. Is not life more important than food? and the body more important than the clothes in verse 27. Our life is more important and a greater blessing than our livelihood. Our life is more important than the means of life. Food, drinks, shelter, clothes, job, businesses, enterprises are only means of life. We work to earn money, to make money, so we can support our lives. 
They are not the end. They are only the means. Uh, so, Jesus says, you have to think about your life more, import, more than just the means of lives. Food and drinks comes from the earth. Our lives comes directly from the breath of God. Life is eternal. Food and drinks are only temporal. God has given us life and body. It's not from us. We cannot make our own body. He is also willing to provide the things that we need for our lives and our body. I like Romans chapter 8 verse 32. It says, God who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for, for us all, how will he not also, along with him, graciously give us all things? The most precious things for God the Father is God the Son, as one and only Son. But he gave his Son for us, died on the cross, suffering, being tortured for the sake of us. How much more will he give all other things that are less important than his own son for us so we can enjoy and we can uh, have it in our lives. Reason number two is do not worry because of the providence of God. God provides. He creates the universe. He sustains the universe and he provides not only for human beings, he provides for animals. He provides not only for Christians, but for non-Christians as well. We call this a common grace, something common that God gives to everyone. He gives rains to everyone. He gives suns, sun signs to, to everyone. And uh, because of that, he, he asks us to learn from the birds. Look at the birds. Beautiful birds with foods there. The birds didn't sow, didn't reap, didn't harvest. They had to have uh, food. There are many uh, various, numerous sorts of birds. Some birds are very ravenous, others are gentle. But they are all fed by God. Now we seldom uh, feed the birds. Probably we feed on birds more than we feed the birds. Some are very nice meat there. And because of birds are at least serviceable to men, we use more donkey or cows or uh, horses, but not many uh, birds. So we don't feed them more. But God knows that they know no food. Even the least noticed is being provided by God from his abundant provisions. Let it encourage us to trust in him. He said, are you much more fallible than the birds? We are his children, created in his image and likeness, created to represent him here on earth. We are created on the uh, sixth day of creations. Why? Why didn't God create man on the first day? 
The problem is, what will they eat? No supply, no food, no air. So he created God on the last day of creation. After he provides everything, he provides the lights, the air, the fish, plants, and then now he creates human beings and say, everything has been provided for you. Go and enjoy. We are not the one who creating them. So when we see the birds, we know that God will take care of his children. Uh, he takes delight in providing for his people. He also asks us to see and learn from the lilies uh, in the field. Look at the lilies, beautiful ones. See how frail they are. They are only grass. They flourish today. Tomorrow they will be thrown into the fire. And they remind us of our lives as well. The Bible says we are like grass. All people are like grass, and all their glory is like the flowers of the field. The grass withers and the flowers fall. Our life is very short, very temporal. It's mortal. All the glories we have now will go on one day. The flowers reminds us about how free from care they are. They do not labor or spin, yet God clothes them. As I've said before, worry is not the same as idleness. Worry tempts God rather than trust God. But it reminds us about the sovereignty, about the generosity of God. The flowers remind how fine they are, how beautiful they are. Yet I tell you, not even Solomon in all his splendor was dressed like one of this. Many people care so much about how they look, care so much about their clothes, their appearance, the how fine the clothes they will wear. Many people care so much about staying young, and they hate the idea of aging. If we care about those things, how much we should care about more about our inner life, our spiritual life, the beauty of our character, the beauty of, uh, of our lives. Many people standing in front of the mirror and says, hmm, why is my nose pointing back to inside and not pointing out? Why my ears are like this? Why my hair is like this? And they are not satisfied with life, discontent with how they look. They rush from one plastic surgery to that. It's not wrong to do that, but it's, you do that out of discontent and worry about yourself. There's, 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 there is a problem. Reasons number two not to worry is because worry is actually useless. It is to, to put it very hard. Worry is useless. Worry doesn't make things better in our lives. Uh, it says here, can any one of you by worrying add a single hour to your life? A more literal translation is in King James Version says, can any of you by worrying add one cubit to his stature. 
Can any of you, by worrying, can put few inches more to your height? No. It is in the control of God. You worry about the thing, things you worry about that is not going to help you. It's not going to uh, make the things better. Uh, many, we grow from baby to what we are right now. Not because we have power to make ourselves grow to where we are right now, but it's because of the providence of God. We can feed the baby with the best food, the best vitamin, but we cannot make the babies grow. It is in the power of God. If he creates our body the way they are right now, he will also provide other things that we need our lives. Sometimes we have to reconcile ourselves with the things we have. Some things we cannot change. The best way to accept it and to, uh, to enjoy it. Reasons number four is because our Heavenly Fathers knows what we need. It says in verse 32, and you, your heavenly Father, knows that you need them. He's only, he's not only a father. He's an, he's a heavenly father. Means he's, he's a good father. He is a powerful father. He is a rich father. And not only he is a rich father, he is a generous father. Many rich fathers are not generous. But he is rich and he is generous. And he's perfect. And good things is he knows what he needs. Someone who has all the things we need and who is generous to us and he knows what we need. There's nothing better than that. And this truth reminds us that we are his children. And he cares for us, our children. Uh, so we have to learn to trust him. We have to come to him like children who trust their good and generous father on what they need in life. Now, I have four children, three boys, one girl from 14 to 9 years old. And over the years, I have observed and noticed one thing. They've never questioned every day whether they will have breakfast or not. These children, they wake up every morning, they go to get shower, and they just go to the dining table. They know that there will be breakfast on the table. They don't care and ask, where do, do you get the breakfast from? How do you get the money to buy the, all the foods? They don't care about that. It is the job of the parents. They just go and they eat. And they know that lunch will be provided, and they know that when they come back home from school, there will be dinner on the table. They know that they will have clothes. They just, I observe and see, I wish I had this faith as children when we come to the Lord. We just believe he will provide. We just believe he knows the best for us. Maybe not food and drinks that we need, maybe we need other things. 
don't have to be worried. Of course, it's a different thing if they ask for the latest gadget or the latest Samsung or iPad or iPhone. That is something they don't need. We have to talk about that. But parents know how to provide for the children. Even bad fathers will do something for their children. How much more our good father in, in heaven. The last reason not to worry is because tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. God wants us to focus today. As I said, because only today exists. Each day has its own burdens and blessings, cares and grievances, laughters and tears, shortcomings and supplies. And God supplies his mercy every day to our needs. Just like he provides manna for the people of Israel in the desert. He takes delight in providing for us daily. The Lord's Prayer says, give us, Lord, our daily bread. Not our weekly bread, not our monthly bread, not our yearly bread. He wants us to trust him day by day. Lamentations 3, 22-23 says, The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. Every morning, just like a bread man who comes to the door a long time ago to provide a bread, a fresh bread in front of the door, God supplies us with a new and fresh uh, love, blessings, faithfulness, provision, strength, wisdom, and to face the challenges of the day. The present day has already enough troubles of its own. So please, this, as it says, please do not accumulate the burdens of tomorrow for today. Okay, please don't anticipate another problems, many problems tomorrow. <coughs> today I've given you enough. Just like, please do not borrow the problems of tomorrow for us today. Just like you have enough debt today to be paid, but you want to pay the debts for tomorrow and the day after that. That's, that's, that can accumulate lots of stress and anxiety. God's providence is supplied to us enough for each day. And let us live and enjoy it every day. So what is the antidote of worry? We know from the text, number one is trust in God trust in him. Rely on him. Proverbs chapter 3 verse 5 says, trust in the Lord with all your hearts and do not lean on your own understanding. Acknowledge him in all your ways and he will make your paths straight. Lots of problems with anxiety and worries in life come from 
leaning more to our own understanding. We try to figure things out from our own strengths and abilities rather than really trusting fully in the Lord. Jeremiah 17, we just read that on the screens, says, Blessed is the one who trusts in the Lord, whose confidence is in him. He wants us to trust him. God wants us to trust him, to make him as his, his our confidence. Few verses down, it says, But curse us those who rely on own, their own strength, on men, or on their own uh, their own things. It's pretty strong words against uh, those who trust. Trust is, is very core teaching of the Bible. God wants us to trust in him. So, uh, and our father to whom we put our trust is called Jehovah Jireh. He even has this name. Jehovah Jireh means God who provides. God the providers. This is his job, because it's his name to provide for his children. He takes great delight to provide not only for his children, even non-believers, even animals. He provides through many ways, of course. Secondly, seeks his kingdom and his righteousness. And all these things will be given to you as well. He wants us to focus first on him. He wants us to make him number one in our lives. He wants us to make God as our, the king in our lives. To pursue better things. Pursue things that, are, uh, uh, has, that have eternal values, the righteousness, the kingdom of God, the, the extensions, the preaching of the Gospels, uh, life after that, listening to the teaching of Jesus. Just like uh, uh, Mary in the Bible. Mary has chosen what is better and will not take away from him. When Jesus came to their house, Martha was worried about all other things. Mary was just sitting down at the feet of Jesus and listening to the teaching of his, her master. And his promises is all these things shall be given to you as well. Many people just than this the other way around. They chase after all these things, and then after that they think they can please God after that. No, God wants the other way around. Making him number one, and then he will provide whatever we need in lives. And he has a way to provide for us. Mike reminded us in the first service, he provides us through our job, our businesses, through our friends, to our church, to others. It is not coming down directly from heaven like in the Old Testament. There are ways that God does to provide uh, for us. Number three, 
is through prayer and petitions and things giving. Peter says, cast all your anxiety on him. In the Bible, when certain words are used, we have to pay attention to this. This is a, all your anxiety. All. Nothing is left. All our anxiety about anything in our lives. Because he cares for you. And how we cast our anxiety to him? Through prayer and petitions and thanksgiving. This is what Paul says. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. Sometimes when we pray, we do not receive what we pray for. But the the actions of prayer itself will help us to overcome worry in our lives. We, have a set, we face certain challenges. We just stop, sit down, and pray to the Lord. Lord, I commit this. I have worries. I have anxiety about things. I think about these things. I just commit this into your hands. Maybe you don't receive the answer the way you expected, but you have peace. You have strength. Because there is something uh, going on, happening, when we pray to the Lord. And when we pray, the result is we have peace of God. Peace is one of the most powerful antidote for anxiety, for worry in life. Verse 7, after we pray, it says, and the peace of God. This transcends all understanding. Will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Worry brings discontentment, anxiety, depressions. You cannot sleep. But peace of God that transcends all understanding. When it comes to our heart, will reign in our life, will bring contentment of life. Will, will help us to enjoy God in our lives. Will strengthen us to face challenges in life. Everyone faces challenges. Christians, non-Christians, we all face problems in life. The only difference is we are given peace of God to face those things. That's why we have strengths. That's why we don't commit suicide when we face challenges because that strength comes from the Lord. I'll close with this. We hear the like, famous saying, don't worry, be heavy. Don't worry, be heavy. I just close with, don't worry, trust God. He'll take care of you. Let us pray. Thank you, dear God, for reminding us again that you are our Father and you provide for us. And we just need to come to you like children who trust 
in the helping and providing hands of the Father. Please, Lord, as we leave this place, remind us again and again and again, Lord, to fully trust you. I just pray for those of us here who haven't given their lives to Jesus to be adopted into the family of God, that they will think through about this and make decisions to give their lives to Jesus, to become children of God, so they can enjoy the providence of God in their lives. In the name of Jesus, we pray and we give thanks. Amen.